And even so, come Lord Jesus. First Peter chapter number one. First Peter chapter number one. I hope you got your quick listening ears on today. Because uh, if y'all don't listen fast enough, we don't get out of here in time. So it's completely on you. You realize that, right? First <laughs> uh, Peter chapter number one. First Peter chapter number one. As you're flipping there. I thought about this this week. The older I get, the more lessons in life I've learned. and Some of those lessons aren't real encouraging. <laughs> Sometimes they're a little discouraging, actually. I thought about the fact that, I, you know, I started out with nothing, and I still got almost all of it. <laughs> I finally started getting my head together, and my body started falling apart. You know, y'all, can y'all relate to I thought about this, you know, being healthy, and I've been trying to get on a health kick and lift weights and all that down there, but it's really just the slowest possible way you can die. You think about that? <laughs> I went to school to become a wit, and I only made it halfway through. Y'all get that one on the way home, right? <laughs> Seems like the only time the Lord beats on your door is when you're in the bathroom, or other people beat on your door and expectations. We need the bathroom. It's not hard to meet expectations. Y'all realize that? We always think it's so hard, but they're, they're really, if you think about it, they're everywhere. Y'all didn't get that one, did you? And finally, when I'm finally holding all the cards, everybody wants to play chess. You know how that works? Because <laughs> I think about some of those things, and we can joke all we want. If we watch the news, we can see how discouraging maybe the times we're living in is. But I'm telling you, none of it compares to the time that Peter was writing about there. This whole world can certainly drag us down, but no different in Peter's day. You think about this. We've talked about it as we started to study through 1 Peter chapter 1. It was a day when, when the, the Roman government was against the, the church. The church had went under underground and hiding because they were persecuted. They were suffering. And, and, and in fact, if you remember... If you've studied history, Nero, uh, he set the whole city of Rome on fire and then he blamed it on the Christians. He did that so he could then persecute them, so he could burn them at the stake. He, they threw them in the Colosseum and, and so lions could eat them and, and wild dogs could eat them. And, and we think we got it rough, right? <laughs> Somebody unlike me on Facebook or something. You know, uh, we're living in persecution. God tell you nothing like the day he's writing in. In the midst of all this that persecution, in the midst of all this suffering that's going on, that Peter writes, and he writes this, this book, and especially this chapter, and he writes it to encourage those believers in that time. Can I tell you, we're living in some discouraging times. Not quite like what they went through. But that same encouragement he wrote to those believers is for us too. And we, the last couple of weeks we saw the... We saw the, uh, the beginning of the book, and we spent some time in that. Then last week, we got on to this. When I just simply preached a message called this, the, the God of my salvation. I, I, I got a PowerPoint up there. Y'all going to put it up? They working on it back there? Or is it not working? Not, no good? All right. That's all right. Y'all listen real intense today, then, because <laughs> I got a lot of points. Amen. This is one of those messages that's like a, like a fat man climbing through a barbed wire fence. Just a couple more points and I'll be through, right? And uh, we, saw, we saw last week the God of our salvation and we, we learned some truths here and really we learned about salvation's plan. We learned that God the Father had planned it. 
And then we learned that God the Son had, had paid for it. And we learned that God the Holy Spirit had, had, had pursued us and, and provided it. And put another way, God the Father fought it. God the Son bought it. And God the Spirit sought it and wrought it. That was salvation's plan, the God of our salvation. Today we're going to continue on that same theme. We're going to see the salvation continued. You said, preacher, you preach a lot on salvation. I just preach the Bible and you're going to notice it's in there a lot. <laughs> Why? Because it's the most important thing you could ever get settled in your life, friends. Listen, I don't care how much money you got. I don't care where you work. I don't care where you go. Listen, if you don't get salvation right, you are doomed. You're on your way to the devil's hell. But praise be unto God. Hey, when we get it settled, when we get understand biblical salvation, not, not half of what's getting preached today, I said biblical salvation. Hey, we got, we got stuff reserved for us that we can't even fathom. Today we're going to continue looking at those promises of salvation. If you'd stand, we'll read a few verses here. I'm going to uh, shorten my message because if you don't have that, you'll never keep up today. <laughs> so we'll see what happens here. Read with me. Just to get our context, go on back. Verse number one. We've only made two verses the last two weeks. We're going to fly today, though. We've got three verses we'll get through. The Bible says this. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered through Pontus, through Galatia, through Cappadocia, through Asia, through Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his, what's his next two words? Abundant mercy. What a great two words hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that's incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for who? For you, me, that's right. Who are, here's the key word, what's that next word? Who are what? Kept by our good works. What does it say? We're kept by the what? The power of God. Through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Just the first part of verse 6. Wherein ye greatly rejoice. Father, for the next few minutes, Lord, I pray that you'd arrest our attention. Lord, we'd focus on this, this wonderful text, Lord, that tells us uh, just how great our salvation is. And, and Lord, I pray that you just, uh, you just revealed, Lord, to those that have already been saved by the grace of God, Lord, uh, how, how we can rejoice in the, even in the midst of discouraging times because of what you have done, what you have wrought, and what you do keep. And Lord, I, I pray that, Lord, if there is one here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, that today they could understand not only how great this salvation is, Lord, but how they can as well receive that free gift. Father, bless us now today, Lord. We're discouraged. We're living in a time of discouragement. Now bless us with what we call this whole series, Lord, encouraging words and encouraging promises to a discouraged world. Use this promise of our, our great salvation, Lord, to remind us of how good you are. Bless now the preaching and the teaching in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for staying. You may be seated. Again, last time we saw salvation's plan, that God the Father planned it, God the Son paid for it, God the Spirit pursued it. But today I want you to go on as we get to verse number 3 and not only see salvation's plan, but see salvation's praise. Look with me, verse 3. The Bible says, blessed. Blessed. That's a good word. I like that word. Uh, there's some words I like. Uh, there's a lot of words I like. Amen. But I like blessed. Blessed be the God and our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, 
which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten again unto us a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That word blessed, it, it's an interesting word. It comes from a, the, the Greek word, and I only say this because it'll make sense to you, but uh, eglios, and here's what we, we get the word from. We get the word eulogy from it. You know what a eulogy is? I don't know all this stuff. I didn't grow up in church, but eulogy simply is this. It's, it's to praise someone, to praise something. When you think of that word eulogy, that's what the word blessed means. It means you and I, you and I need to bless. We need to learn to praise God. That's what it says. Bless, not, not us, although we're blessed too, but blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Learn to praise Him. Blessed be His name. And look what it does. It, it covers the whole names of the Son. It says, first of all, the Lord. And blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what Lord is? It's the one who has the exclusive right to rule in our life and in our hearts. And, and then look at the next one, the, the name of Jesus here. Not only is he Lord, but it goes on to say that he's Jesus. You know what Jesus means? It, is, it literally means Jehovah saves. He's the one who saves us from our sin. He gives us all the purposes of the Son here. And then he says Christ. And you know when it says Christ, it simply means the anointed one. It's the one that's to be exalted to the highest place. That is our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one who died on Calvary's cross for our sin. He's the one who provided our salvation. He's the one who shed his blood. And He says we need to learn to bless him. That means we need to learn to praise him. I don't think we really understand the praise he deserves. I think we get to the place where I've heard this before. I've been in church before. And I'm just so down. Right? We become so many like Baptist Eeyores. Y'all know what Eeyores Woe is me. Can I tell you what? If nothing ever else happens good in your life, if you've been saved by the grace of God, you've got enough to bless Him with the rest of your life. Praise be unto Him. He said, Bless. Now look what He says here about our salvation. Salvation's praise. First of all, I wrote this down. If you're taking notes, write this down. It's rooted in mercy rooted in mercy. He said, Blessed be the God and our Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy. Y'all see that word in there? Mercy. You know what mercy is? Here's what mercy is. Mercy is not getting what I deserve. Now I'm going to say something here and it's going to throw some of you for a loop. Some of you probably have heard me say it, but some of you will really struggle with this. God is not fair. How many of you sticking your head up for a foot? Well, I don't agree with that. God's a fair God. God is not fair. And can I tell you right now, praise be unto God that he's not fair. <laughs> because if he was fair, friends, you and I would get what we deserve, and that is an eternity in the devil's hell. But because God isn't fair, he's merciful, we don't get what we deserve, and that's to be apart from him forever and God isn't fair, but he is full of mercy. In fact, look what it says here. It didn't just say he's mercy. He's, he's full of abundant mercy. Hey, I, I'm thankful, Lord, that, that he doesn't give me what I, what I deserve, but instead of that, he gives me grace. And that means I get what I don't deserve. And he's full of grace and he's full of mercy. And listen, his salvation is rooted in mercy. Lamentations 3.20 says that it's of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed because his compassions fail not. The psalmist prayed this in Psalm 51. He said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to thy multitude 
of thy tender mercies blot out my transgressions. Listen, if you think you're saved by, so by some types of works, listen to what the Bible says, Titus 3, 5. It's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his, what's that next word? Mercy, he saved us. It's, listen, our salvation is rooted in mercy. And then the psalmist said this, I will sing of his mercies of the Lord forever. In my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. Let me just ask you this. When's the last time you praised him for his mercy? When's the last time you praised him for not getting what you and I and every person that's ever been born deserves? To be eternally separated from a God who loves you. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God that he's not fair. Hey, our salvation, it's, it's rooted in mercy, but write this down too. It, it's also, it resulted in this, a new birth. Look what it says in verse number three again, which according to his abundant mercy, next two words, hath begotten us again. Hath begotten us again. You know what that word begotten means? A word that means to be reproduced, to be born again, to be born anew. And, and look at verse 23. Just flip over. If you, if you got, mine's on the next page. I don't know where yours is. Amen. Don't flip. You don't have to. Just go to verse 23. Look what he says about this being born again. Same word here. Same word here. Uh, when it says begotten, the same word used for this word born again in verse 23. He says being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible how did it happen? By the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. Praise God. Listen, when God, Lord, created Adam, he was created perfect. He was created flawless. And Adam willfully chose to sin. And see, that brings about a problem for us, see, because now every one of us are born with that sin nature that we inherited from our father, Adam. Romans 5.12 said it this way. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. How many did it say it's sin? Oh, you say, not me, preacher. You don't know me. I don't need to know you. My Bible's already said you're a sinner. My Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. My Bible says that my best gift and your best thing that you've ever done on your best day is like a filthy rag compared to a holy God. See, we've got to understand who we are and understand who he is before we'll ever understand why we need to turn to him. I was reading a preacher this week. He decided, I don't preach on anything negative anymore. I've decided to leave sin out of my preaching. I won't tell you who or where. Most of you probably don't. Not going to leave sin. Uh, people don't want to hear that. Listen, if you don't understand you're a sinner, you'll never understand why you need a Savior. You may go to church and feel like you leave on, on cloud nine because your preacher never preaches on sin, but you're going to leave on cloud nine from church and you're going to burn in hell one day if you don't repent of that sin and turn to Jesus Christ. I love you enough to tell you the truth. But I want to tell you what it is. It's rooted in mercy, but listen, it's, it, it, it goes on to say here, he resulted in the new birth. Flip with me real quick over to Ephesians chapter 2. Hold your spots. We're coming back. But Ephesians chapter 2, I want to show you how it happens here. Uh, because we're born sinners, because we have a sin nature, we must be spiritually reborn. That first birth isn't going to have work cut it anymore. we got to be reborn spiritually by the Spirit of God, by the grace of God, by, the, by understanding and believing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and repenting and putting our trust in it. And, and Jesus said it this way. He said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In John 3, 77, 
said, you must be born again. That's his that's word. Same word, that begotten is the idea. Look at Ephesians 2. Here's what we were. We were dead in trespasses and sins. We were undone, miserable. Read with me Ephesians 2, verse number 1. What happened? If you've been saved by the grace of God, if you've, if you've repented and believed and put your full weight and trust in Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, let me show you what happened. Verse number 1, it says, And you hath he quickened. That's a big fancy word for he's made alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. Where in time past you walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince and power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. You were the devil's child is what he's saying. Among whom also we all had our conversation. That means our manner of living, the way our lifestyle. In times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath even as others. Sometimes I read the Bible and I say, how did he know me that good? If you don't see you there, then you probably never come to the understanding of what you are compared to a holy God. Today might be a day for you to get saved. Amen. I read that and I say, yep, yep, that's me, yep, 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 that's me, yep, yep, yep. God, you nailed it. Now if it ended there, it would be terrible, wouldn't it? I'm glad it didn't end there. Look at verse number four. My favorite two words in all the Bible. But God. But God. Who is rich in, what's that next word? Mercy. For his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, he's quickened us. He's made us alive together with Christ. And by grace are you saved. It's not worse. And he has raised us up together, made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and in his kindness towards us through Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourself, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Everybody see it there? That's what happened. Then he said, I didn't understand all that happened. Hey, that's why I just simplified. We're sinners and we're lost and we're undone. We need to turn and put our trust in Jesus. And he does all that. <laughs> Isn't that good? But God, but God. See, our salvation, friends, it's rooted in mercy. Uh, it's rooted in mercy. It resulted in a new birth. And, and look what he goes on to say. It's realized in his resurrection. Verse number three, again, back to your text, First Peter. It said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us, and is born again, quickened us, unto a lively hope, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now let's hit just for a moment here. It's realized in his resurrection. Listen, if Jesus hadn't got up from the dead, then we'd still be in our sins. Praise God, he did get up. Now, before we get there, let's, let's look at this word, this lively hope. Y'all see those two words? Now, when you see the word hope in the, in the New Testament, it doesn't mean the same way we use the word hope today. We use the, hope, the word hope today like this. Uh, I know it's not football season yet, but boy, it's right around the corner. Somebody say amen. Uh, I hope, oh, half of you are all about this fight. I hope Conor McGregor knocks out, or I hope the other dude knocks it, whoever you're voting for, right? I hope my team wins the game. I hope I win the lottery. Shouldn't have been playing it in the first place, amen. I hope, 
See, I hope, I hope, I hope. That's the way we use it. Like, it's probably not going to happen, but be really nice if it did. That's kind of how we use the word. When you see the word hope in the Bible, it comes from a word that simply means this in the New Testament. It means a confident, earnest expectation. In other words, it's, I'm not hoping it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. And he's saying unto a lively hope, that's why we ought to be lively about it, amen? Hey, it's a done deal is what he's saying. He said, he's saying, listen, lively means simply to be alive. By the way, some Christians look and talk and walk, you think they're dead. It reminds me of the, uh, the one I told this here, and somebody thought I was serious. Y'all understand when I joke. <laughs> uh, I told this one time here. Uh, one, one day, I'm telling you, it was so dead, one service here, uh, they called the rescue squad, and they came in, they took out three people before they got the right person who died, amen? That's the way some Christians are. But he said, listen, we got a lively hope. Where's that lively hope come from? comes from the fact that Jesus didn't stay dead, that he got up from the grave. Amen. That's the gospel of the Lord Jesus, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and was buried and rose again the third day according to the strict scriptures. And because he got up and because he lives, friends, we live. Amen. That's a lively hope. That's that, listen, it's, it's resurrection changes everything. You go to the, groom, you go to the grave of, uh, of Buddha, guess what? He's in there. You go to Muhammad, he's in there. You, you go to uh, Joseph Smith and all these other Ellen White, guess what? They're in there. I don't know if she died yet, but she'll be in there soon if she is. Yeah, but I'm telling you what, all these other religion founders, they're all in the grave. You can go dig up their bones, but my Savior got up from the dead, and we got a lively hope. You know, I thank God for that. Listen, our salvation's praise, it's rooted in mercy. It's resulted in the new birth. It's realized in his resurrection. Listen, if you can't praise God for your salvation, just praise him for mine. Amen. You need to practice anyway. He said, we got all these songs. I can only imagine. I'm going to tell you what we're going to do when we get to heaven. I can, I can answer that for the songwriter. For about the first million years, we're going to be right here bowing at his face saying, worthy is the Lamb who died for my sins. That's what we're going to be doing. Uh, after a million years or however long, I don't know what we're doing after that, but I'm going to tell you, I thank God for my salvation. He brought me up out of that horrible pit. He, he put, brought me out of the miry clay, the psalmist said, and he set my feet upon a rock and he established my goings and he put a new song in my heart. As I like to say, he brought me out of the clay and showed me the way. He brought me out of the mire, put me in the choir. He hadn't done that yet, but hey, he pulled me out of the mud. And he put me under the blood, amen. Hey, we got everything to praise him for, salvation's praise. Listen to the psalmist. We need to learn to praise God like the psalmist does. Psalm 28, verse 6 says, Blessed be the Lord because he hath heard the voice of my supplication. Praise the Lord is what he's saying. Psalm 31, verse 21. Blessed be the Lord for he hath showed me his marvelous kindness. Psalm 66, verse 20. Blessed be God which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Psalm 66, or 68, verse 19, one of my favorites. It says, blessed be the, the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Psalm 106, verse 48. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. And let all the people say, amen, praise ye the Lord. Y'all try that one. Praise the Lord. Y'all try it. Y'all just try it. It's good for you. Hey, praise the Lord. He is worthy of our praise. 124 times our Bible tells us to praise the Lord. Let the redeemed 
of the world of the Lord say so. You need some encouragement in a discouraging time. It'll start by learning to re-praise Him for your salvation. We've gotten over it. Let's be honest. You're a witness this morning. I'm a witness myself. We've just gotten over how great His salvation is. God help us. Not only salvation's plan, salvation's praise, but look what on. Look what else it promises. Salvation's promises. Salvation's promises. Look with me, verse four. The Bible says to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for who? Me, that's right. Replace you with him, with me. Fifty times you look in your Bible, you're going to find the word promise is in our King James Bible. The very first one's found in Genesis 3:15. He said, "And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head, and, and you will strike his heel." Praise God, promising the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And right there in Genesis, he said, "Genesis had Jesus in it." Yes, it did. The whole Bible's about Jesus. Amen. And listen to the very last promise found in Revelation 22, verse 30. Says, "He who testifies of these things says, Surely I am coming quickly." Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Someone I read after told me there was 3,573 promises in the Bible. I don't know if they're right, but I can tell you this: there's a bunch of them. Amen. Most of them deal with our promises of our future. Salvation's promises, the coming promises, the promises of the future. That's what he deals with here. Look with me, verse 4. The Bible says, To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Look at that first word, inheritance. Sometimes as a pastor, I've seen, and it shouldn't be so, make sure this isn't so in your family. I've seen a mom or a dad or a grandfather or grandmother die. Then I've watched maybe the, they had a wish to give somebody something, a part of their, what do they, they call that when you give somebody something after you die? Hey, what? Inheritance, yeah, that's that word, right? Then I watched families fight and fuss over it. I can't believe I didn't get it. I can't believe they're getting that. I've seen people, I've seen families, even Christian families, unfortunately, take each other to court. Isn't that ridiculous? Fighting over an inheritance. When it was clearly stated who was to get it. I've even seen some win in court when it was already stated that, that person was supposed to get this. Huh. What a shame. See, that's what makes humans different than God. Look at verse number four. See, this inheritance is a little different because it's not promised to you by your father here on earth. It's promised by your heavenly father who cannot lie. And listen, when he promised you something, it is a guarantee it's going to happen. And we have an inheritance. And look at how it describes it. And write these down. The first, he says it's incorruptible. I wrote this down. It's death proof. Amen. Uh, it can't, it's never going to corrode. It's not going to crack. It's not going to decay. I'm going to tell you, everything I got seems to be rusting away. My body seems to be falling apart. My cars are falling apart. But I got an inheritance from God. And listen, it's never going to decay. It is, it is absolutely death proof. And then look what he says next. It's undefiled. And I wrote down that means it's sin proof. Amen. It defiling nothing that defileth will enter into heaven, the Bible says. And I'm telling you what, I got an undefiled inheritance waiting on me. It's in perfect condition with no sin, no tarnish, no, no, no discoloration. It is uncorruptible. It's undefiled. And, and look what it says next. It is, it is, fadeth not away. I wrote these three things down. It's 
death-proof, sin-proof, and time-proof. Uh, it can never change in its value. <laughs> it can never change in its glory. It can never change in its beauty. And finally, he said this, it's reserved for you in heaven. I wrote beside that, it's foolproof. <laughs> Amen. I'm telling you, it's death-proof, sin-proof, time-proof, full-proof. It's incorruptible, undefiled. Faith is not away, reserved for you in heaven. Have you ever made reservations? And somebody messed up those reservations. Anybody ever been there? I mean, maybe you made them at a restaurant, and, and you get there at a restaurant, and they say, I don't see you down here, J.D. <laughs> you say, well, it's my anniversary. I called. Sorry. See, humans make errors, right? We botch things up. I'm praying that doesn't happen today. <laughs> With airlines and hotels and car rentals and all that stuff we got reservations for. But I'm going to tell you, we botched some things up. And if you've been, been alive long enough, you probably had some reservations botched up. You want to know why that happens? Because that's made by fallible man. But this promise right here, this promise of an inheritance that's incorruptible, this promise of an inheritance that's undefiled, this promise of an inheritance that faith is not away, this promise of an inheritance that's reserved for you in heaven, it is made by an infallible God, one who's incapable of making mistakes. It's made by God who Titus 1-2 says he cannot lie. It is a done deal, friends. It is already there. If you have believed the gospel, if you've confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you have an inheritance waiting on you. This is as bad as it gets. And we need to learn to praise him for that. Salvation's praise. Salvation's promises. Promises of the future. It says it's reserved for us in heaven. But don't ever forget, we got some promises now. Amen. Uh, see, I know Peter's looking ahead, and a lot, of his, a lot of his writing is this. He's saying, listen, in the midst of these persecutions, in the midst of this summer, don't, uh, in the midst of this suffering, don't remember, or don't forget to remember that Jesus is coming again. And, and that's a, his point of the book is to encourage them there. But can I remind you that, yes, we got these promises in the future. Yes, how many of you looking forward to heaven? Amen. We got them looking forward. But listen, we got some promises right now. God promised he'd be present with us right now. He said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. God promised he'd protect us right now. He said in Genesis 15, 1, he said, I am thy shield. God promised his power to us right now. Isaiah 41, 10, he said, I will strengthen thee. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 7, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but, but of sound mind and of power, the Bible says. God has promised us provision right now. If you're a giver, he says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. He's promised his peace to us right now. Some of us need that right now, don't we? See, two kinds of peace. First, peace with God. That comes through, through being justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5.1. But we can also have the peace of God. In Philippians 4, and verse 6, he says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and with supplication. Make your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. We got the promises right now. We got promises for the future. And he said, listen, you have an inheritance that's incorruptible. Salvation's promises. But don't stop there. One more. This is the last point. We're going on. No, we're not. We're going to eat. Amen. <laughs> Salvation's plan. Salvation's praise. Salvation's promises. Don't miss verse number five. 
salvation protection. So what do you mean by that? Read with me again verse, what the word of God says. The Bible says who are kept, who are kept, who are kept, who are kept. Don't, don't miss how we're kept. By the power of God. Through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. We're kept. We're kept. We're kept. That word kept. Talking to you on the front row, you get to always be my guinea pig here. Come here, Joe. I got an MMA fighter and a big guy. Amen. <laughs> I feel pretty safe right now. Who wants some of this? Come on. <laughs> the word kept is a military term. Here's what it means. It means they would put people in garrison or they would, they would protect. It would be like surrounding yourself with armed guards that says you can't get to them. That's what the word means. They're guarding. They're protecting the old military word. I tell you this, our salvation is protected by God. Now this is important, friends. You think that? This is so important. This week, I won't say any names, but I was at the I was at the gym working out. This lady I'd never met her before in my life hollers at me. Colin was with me. Hollers at me. Hey, you. <laughs> Love the respect preachers get. Amen. Hey, you. You a preacher? <laughs> yeah, I am. And, uh, come here. Of course, here's the way she said it. I need to ask you something. What about that once saved, always saved? Do you believe that? Here's what I told her. I said, why don't we just use Bible terminology? I said, Do you, did you ever read the Bible where it says that he would give unto you eternal life? She said, oh, yeah. I said, what's eternal mean? I said, do you ever read in the Bible where it says he'll give you everlasting life? Oh, yeah. I said, what's everlasting mean? She goes, well, 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 yeah, yeah, that's what that means. Yeah, that, that's, well, that's obvious and all that. <laughs> I said, so what's your question again? Well, what if I, what, what, what if I, what if I just live a heinous life of sin, and, and and you know, there's no way you can be saved, and then live a heinous life of sin, and and just live the rest of your life and never do anything for God? And I said, I agree. She said, but you, but you believe you you keep your salvation forever. I've said, yeah, that's right. I believe that person probably never got it, because my salvation changed me. I ain't perfect. I still mess up. Amen. But I'm going to tell you what, I ain't what I used to be. I'm changed by God. Listen, and if you got a salvation and you're relying on something because you said a prayer sometime, you signed some card or somebody sprinkled you sometime when you were a kid and you've never repented and put your trust in Jesus Christ and you're the same and you can live in sin and there's no recourse, there's no conviction from the Holy Ghost of God. Listen to me carefully. You're not saved. You're lost. My Bible says he chastens every child he loves. If there is no chastening, then you are a Bible word, not preachers. You're a bastard. It means you're not saved. 
You say, what are you trying to say, preacher? I'm trying to say, if you can live in repetitive over and over sin, and the and Holy Spirit of God doesn't put conviction all over your heart, you better check up what you're relying on to get you to heaven. I'm not saying you won't mess up, because we all will, amen. I'm just saying there'll be some conviction when you do. And I'm going to tell you what, you won't mess up as much as you used to because there'll be a change in your life. May you make me a brand new creature positionally and every single day as I yield to the Spirit, I'm becoming one practically, amen. Thank God for his salvation. And he does the saving and he does the keeping, the protecting. Listen to me. If you've genuinely been saved by the grace of God, if you've genuinely repented and put your trust in nothing but Jesus, you cannot lose something you never got gained in the first place. He gave it to you. It's a free gift. A free gift. It's an absolute impossibility. And the Bible says who are kept, not by our good works, we are kept by the power of God. The, the, the military, he's, he's surrounded us. God has protected us as armed guards. Listen to how he, Jesus said in John chapter 10. He says, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them to me, he's greater than all of them. And no man's able to pluck them out of my Father's hands. Here's what Jesus just said. He said, you are in an all-powerful God the Son's hand. And they said, you're in an all-powerful God, the Father's hand. Let me tell you, you got a problem. An all-powerful God, you, can't, you, you think you can overpower God, the Father? You think you can overpower God, the Son, and get out? No, sir, he does the, he does the saving, he does the keeping. And then even if you could, you still got that third problem. What's that third problem? Well, the day you got saved, you were sealed by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, tells us about how we heard and we believed and they were sealed by the Spirit. In Ephesians 4.30, he tells us how long that goes on. Till. He says, you are sealed until the day of redemption. Yeah, you got another problem. You got the Holy Spirit of God protecting you and keeping you saved. You'd have to somehow evict him out of your life. Come on, man. Just read the Bible. Accept it for what it is. Get human rationalization out, this, out, out, out of this. If you thought you could lose your salvation, here's what you're saying. Listen to me carefully. I want you to get this. You're saying what Jesus did on that cross was not good enough for me. It is one of the most prideful things you could ever say. I'm, I'm just being honest. And they're all over here. There's people teaching all around us, you got to work for your salvation, you got to work to keep it. Well, we don't believe you got to work for it, but you got to work to keep it. Well, that means you got to work for it. Amen. It's either grace or it's works, but my Bible says it's no more, if it's grace, then it's no more works, and if it's works, it's no more grace. You can't have it both ways. And we believe it's grace. He saves us by his grace. It is a gift to God. It's not a works list any man should boast. And then he keeps us by his grace. Praise God. He does it all. Thank God, because if I had a part in I'd mess it up, and so would you. Praise the Lord. Listen to how he put it. John 6 and verse 37. Jesus said, All that the Father giveth me shall come unto me, and to him that cometh unto me I will in no wise cast out. Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in me will perform it. Who's doing it? Not us. He's doing it. We'll perform it till the day of Jesus Christ. I'm glad he does the saving. I'm glad he does the keeping. And I'm glad, hey, I am kept. I got military guards all around me under the omnipotent power of God that says you can't have my salvation. Listen, I could swing over hell today on a, on, on, on. The, the, the slimmest rope that the, the was about to fall apart, rotten all together, spit right in the devil's face, and nothing he could do about it. Because I'm a child of the God. I'm a child of the King. 
Then he gets to verse 6 and look what he says. Wherein he greatly rejoiced. What we got to rejoice about? Because <laughs> our salvation proves in mercy. We got to rejoice about those promises, his praise, and his protection. He keeps us safe. Verse 5, and we're done. One more time. Right there at the end of the verse. Give you a little theology and we'll go home. He says, who are kept by again who? The power of God. Through faith unto salvation. Not of our works, through our faith unto salvation. Read the rest. Ready to reveal, be revealed in the last time. Preacher, I don't get that part. We mean ready to be revealed in the last time. I thought I already was saved. You are. If you trust that Jesus Christ is your Savior. See, salvation is a, it, it, it's, it's really in three tenths. You say, what's a tense? I don't know. It was an English word, amen? <laughs> it's past tense, it's present tense, and it's future tense. See, the day I'm beside that race car at Eastside Speedway, when I repented and put my trust in Jesus Christ, when I confessed that I was a sinner, then Jesus was a Savior, and there's no other way to heaven except by Him. When I, when I called upon his name, that day I got saved. I am saved. And I'm saved from the penalty of sin. Listen to me carefully. We're almost done. But I'm also being saved. Presently. What do you mean by that? Well, this means simply this. That listen, every single day I'm being saved from the power of sin. Every time I yield to the Spirit and say no to the flesh, guess what? Another victory. Praise God for God. Every time, I, every time I say yes to the Spirit and no to the flesh, hey, every time I get rid of that, that thing God convicts me with in my life and I get victory over that, I'm being saved from the power of it. That's an ongoing process. And then one day, <laughs> praise God, I will be saved from the presence of sin. While we're in this world, it's all around us, friends. But there's going to be a day when Jesus returns in the clouds. The dead in Christ are called up first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds, and so shall we ever be with the Lord when I will be forever removed from the presence of sin. Salvation past, present, and future. That's what he means by it's reserved for you in heaven. Hey, he saved you the day you repented and trusted Jesus. He is saving you from the power of sin in your life currently right now as you, as you lean to, learn to yield to the Spirit. And He will save you from the presence of all sin one day when we're up there with the Lord. The promises of salvation. Encouraging promises in a discouraging world. Salvation's protection. And He does all that He can. Father, we thank You for Your Word today. Lord, help us to, Lord, even when we have nothing else to praise you for, to remember how great your salvation is. Lord, we sometimes forget it. We've gone through the motion so long, Lord, that many of us haven't praised you just for simply saving our soul in so long. Lord, you paid everything for it. It cost Jesus Christ his very life. He took the punishment. He bore our sins on his body on that tree. Lord, may we never forget what you've done for us. Through salvation's plan, it's praise. 
through its promises. And thank God through its protection. Thank you for saving an old, miserable wretch like me. God, I could never praise you enough for it. Father, if there's one here today that doesn't know that heaven's their home, doesn't know this so great a salvation we're talking about, then my prayer is simple. Lord, that today would be their day of salvation. You said now is the accepted time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. For today would be the day they repent, change their mind, agree with you that they're a sinner, change their mind and agree with you there's only one way to heaven, that's through Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And they would turn and they put their trust, their full weight, in your son's death, burial, and resurrection. By confessing with their mouth the Lord Jesus and believing in their heart that God has raised him from the dead, they can receive the promise that thou shalt be saved. Father, for the one in this room that's never done that, have your will and way in this invitation. In Christ's name, amen. If you'd stand, heads bowed, eyes closed all over the room. Let me ask Christians first. I know I'm saved, and I could give you a Bible reason why I know I'm saved. So there's, this cr there's lots of crowds out there that says, ah, you can't know. How could you know? I mean, what if you mess up tomorrow? Just, so what sin is it, what sin is it you got to do to get unsaved? No one can ever answer that. Of course, they can't answer it because we're kept by the power of God. You say, preacher, I know I'm saved. I know I'm on my way to heaven. I know it's settled, and I know he's keeping me. But I sure haven't praised him for it lately. How many of you would just be honest and say that's me? Hold your hands up. Sure haven't praised him for it lately. Many, many, many hands. I've kind of taken it for granted. We hear this every week. And I'm going to invite you as they sing here in just a moment. You come. You can praise him right there in your seat. Just come praise him. If nothing else, just come say, thank you, God, for saving my soul. Thank you, God, for making me whole. Let me ask you this question. If you're here today, you just be honest with me. I just wonder for somebody here that just says, Preacher, I'm not sure right now that if I took my last breath, if today was my last day, that heaven would be my home. But I sure would like to know. No one's looking around. No one's calling you out. No one's going to embarrass you. But if that's you today, just say, Preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure heaven's my home. So I would like to know and get that settled. Anybody like that in the room? You just slip your hand up and slip it right back down. And I'll pray for you as I promise. Anybody like that today? The Bible tells us how we can know. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Thank God for his wonderful, great salvation. Let's praise Him. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. 
in this room deserved it, but, but God, who's rich in his mercy. Nothing can for sin Looking forward to that inheritance, that undefiled, that indescribable place where we'll get to spend eternity because of God. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is thy flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. All right. Before we dismiss the day, I want you to know everybody's invited to come back for a meal. Amen. Uh, we will, would ask if you'd let the mission team folks go first just so we can get on the road and make sure those reservations that man made are, are good to go. <laughs> and uh, we got everything in order at the airport. And uh, uh, God didn't make those. We did. Amen. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I'm worried about the one who made it. Amen. <laughs> but, uh, but praise God, we got one in heaven. Amen. That was made by the infallible one. And it's reserved for us forever. Amen. Let's pray for the food. And you can go down either hall. Head in. Just, if you say, I've never been here. I don't, want, I don't know what to do. Just these two side doors, out the back door, wrap around. It's like a U. And you end up in the fellowship hall back there. Either way you go, uh, grab you some food. And we're, we're thankful again that you're here. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for your word. We thank you, Lord, for just uh, our salvation and how great it is. Would you just now bless our time together, Lord? And, uh, as we fellowship over the food, bless our evening service. And Lord, I, I pray that you'd bless our, our mission team this week, Lord, as we go to start the work to plant that brand new church in Big Timber, Montana. Lord, uh, keep us safe on the road. Keep, us, keep folks safe back here at home as well, Lord. And we just look forward to praising you. Thank you for Victory Way, their support, Lord, on this trip. And, and uh, we pray that many souls will come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ through this brand new church plant. Thank you for the food. Thank you for all those that have prepared. Lord, now bless it and use it for the nourishment of our bodies, we pray, and bless our time of fellowship in Christ's name. Amen.